Hi there, it's Samuel Broden, author of Gender Expression and Inclusivity in Early Childhood, a teacher's guide to querying the classroom. And this is Querying the Classroom, a podcast with me, Samuel Broden. Join me each week as me and other guests talk about how we can come together and create safe and supportive spaces for all the children and adults that we serve and work with each and every day. I'm so excited that you're here, and I cannot wait to start this journey with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Queering the Classroom, a podcast all about my book, Queering the Classroom. Oh, I'm so excited. It has been a very, very exciting week. Um, Very exciting. It's been one week exactly since my book has come out, and it's 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 just so, so exciting. And there's been lots of really wonderful feedback, um, lots of people getting excited to get their copies, lots of people joining the Facebook group. Um, I have the link to the Facebook group in the show description of this episode. Um So be sure to join that group so that we can talk and talk through the book um, as we follow along with the podcast and the book. It's really, really exciting. Um, Yeah, I'm just super, super grateful. And I just, you know, want to say thank you to everyone for being so supportive and so encouraging um, through this book launch. And it's been a really wonderful moment in my life that I will never, ever forget. Um... And you know, there, you know, things like this and books like this come with a fair amount of um, hate from ignorant people who feel the need to make their point of view known, no matter how harmful it is. But it comes with the territory, and I'm so glad to have you with us. I'm so glad to have you here on this journey with me just really believing in this idea and really wanting to create the best spaces for children. So last week we just talked a little bit about it being pub day and how excited we were that the book was out and the book was published. Um, And so today I kind of just wanted to dive into the book um, and kind of just start from the beginning and just kind of talk about you know, my thought process behind writing it um, and kind of just kind of talk through just starting from the very beginning. And so um, the very beginning of the book starts with a little preface. I think that books like this and ideas like this, it's helpful to start with kind of a focus on what we want, right? And that's what I wanted for the book. I wanted the book to have a place to begin, a place to understand where we're coming from, um, and how we can all come to this book in the same way. And so in the preface of the book, um, I really just talk about how I want you to come to this book, how I want you to have an open mind, how I want you to understand that this book is for everybody, no matter where you are in your journey of understanding gender and how it is for children, whether you're starting learning about how children express their gender, 
um, whether these ideas make you uncomfortable or not, like this book is for everybody. Um, and that's really what I wanted to get out of it. And so I really start by focusing on this book is for you. I want this book to be a personal journey for you. There's lots of reflection spaces. Um, I want this book to be something that you can really use and can really help you um, kind of move through this journey. Um, I also, you know, kind of let you know that some of the things in the book may cause um, some uncomfortable feelings, may bring feelings up for you that you weren't expecting. Um, but I want you to just feel those feelings and I want you to move through them together with us, with you in this book. Um, that's why there's so many reflection spaces, because I feel like being able to reflect on these things is, is super, super important. Um, so I also talk about just what to expect in the book, right? I talk about the reflection spaces. I talk about, um, I talk about how the chapters are broken up. I talk about um, what to look forward to. I talk about the community piece of this book, which includes this podcast, which includes the Facebook group. Um, and I also make a note about the use of pronouns in the book. I felt like that was very, very important to start with, that I was using they, them pronouns as a rule across the book. Um, unless other pronouns were requested. Um, and if other pronouns are used in the book, those were requested by the person who I'm talking about. But I wanted to make sure that we were inclusive as to as many people as possible. And so I wanted to just use those they, them pronouns um, to make sure that as many people were included as possible. Um, that was really important to me, the note about pronouns, because I feel like I feel like even that simple idea of pronouns is um, something that really makes a lot of people uncomfortable and um, really can cause a lot of um, divisiveness, right? Um, I'm sure you've seen, but um, it's just such a very simple way to make sure that you're respecting and honoring the people that you're in conversation with the people that you're in relationships with, um, and just people in the world who are living in this world with us, right? I think that there's so much kindness and respect missing just from people being people, right? Just even out at the store, out at the gym, out wherever you're going, just being kind and respectful to people in general is a very, very important thing in this world. And I think that if there was more of that, um, the world would be a much happier place in general than it is right now. And so I wanted to make sure that we talked about pronouns and what that meant. Um, and it's interesting to me that um, even by using they, them pronouns, I feel like um, people get very um, confused, would be the nicest word I could use, um, with the they, them pronouns, right? Um, so my pronouns, myself, are he and they. Um, either one is fine. Um, and to be honest, I myself, as a person, am very um, open to really anything, as long as it's out of kindness and out of love. Um, my husband and I all the time will 
call each other girls, she, you know, um, but that's me, right? That's us. And so it's important to know those things about other people. But in terms of using the they, them pronouns, um, it's a very tricky thing for some people to understand. Um, and it's interesting because, um, when the idea for this book was being born, um, it was born out of a, um, session that I had presented, um, at a conference and there was someone in attendance in that session, um, an older person who, um, brought up the fact that they were a little bit uncomfortable and a little bit, um, unsure of how the they, them pronouns work and what that means and how can they use it? And it doesn't make sense and all of these things. And so my response to that was, it's not about you, right? It's not about her. Um, it wasn't about that person, right? Um, it's about it's about the other person. It's about making sure the other person is feeling respected and honored um, and celebrated for who they are, right? So that's, that's kind of the whole point of it, right? It doesn't really matter if it makes sense to you or not. Um, it's the simple fact that someone is asking you to refer to them in this way, and it's a very simple act of... Um, kindness and respect to just do that. Um, and I also find it very interesting that a lot of times people are like, well, that doesn't really make sense with grammatical English, whatever, right? Which number one, that's interesting because it seems like a lot of the folks that say that uh, don't really care so much about grammar or anything at any other point in the times that they're speaking and posting, right? But when it comes to this, apparently it's an issue. But then it's also interesting to notice that we actually use they and them as a singular pronoun numerous times. Um, a friend of mine, um, Jan, she posted uh, a post on Facebook. It was like uh, like a meme or whatever. Um, I don't even think it was a meme. It was just like a post. And so you're like reading it. And then it was talking about somebody um, that you don't know. And it was using they and them over and over again in a normal sentence. And then the end of the thing was like this whole story was fake but the uh the point of it is is that we do use they them as singular pronouns and we have in a lot for a very long time and so there's something different about this except for the fact that it is um requested by people who may be queer um and i think that that's the underlying issue right um because all the time we use they and them as as a singular pronoun um, hey, this person left their keys at the checkout at Trader Joe's. Do you know where they went? Right there, right? Using they to describe the person that left their keys. Um, so it's, it's very, very interesting to me. But I wanted to make sure to point that out in the book um, because I wanted to ensure that people understood where I was coming from. And I wanted to make sure that people understood that any other pronouns that were used in the book... Um, were by the request of the person that I was speaking of. Um, so I feel like that was really important. Another really um, another part of the beginning of this book is our agreements. And the agreements is a very, very important part of the book for me. Um, and it was something that honestly, I um, it was something that I talk about all the time. I always like to start things with an agreement. I always like to start things with an understanding of where we're coming to this conversation from. And the agreements actually came from my experience with 
a kindergarten class that I taught. Um, and I've talked about this kindergarten class many, many times. Um, I use these children as examples many, many times in the work that I do in the books that I write because the experience with them really taught me a lot. And I was able to really explore a lot of these ideas with them. And so the idea of our agreements came about through our exploration of weapon play, um, which is another book that's coming out next year with my amazing friend, Kisa Marks. We wrote a book about weapon play where we talk about this, but that is where our agreements came from creating agreements in our classroom of how we wanted our space to be, how we wanted our community to be and what we needed to do to get to that spot. Right. It wasn't about me creating agreements for them. It was us creating agreements together based on our collective idea of what we wanted our space to be and being able to create that with them and give them that sense of ownership and give them that sense of pride in, um, in the community that we were creating. And so I felt like it was really important because whenever anything happened in that classroom, we could always go back to these three agreements that we had created. And it was easy. It was, it was also helpful for me because if I was noticing myself wanting to tell the children to stop, if I was finding myself wanting to interrupt children's play, if I was finding myself wanting to shift them away from doing something, um, I could stop and reflect and think, okay, we've created these agreements together, all of us. And so if, if what they're doing is in alignment with these agreements, then what is the purpose that I'm saying no, right? And that was really helpful for me. And so I thought that it was very important to create agreements for this book as well. And these are agreements that I think are helpful for us as we start this journey, as we start this book, as we dive into this. Um, and I'll just read you the agreement straight from the book. Um, I don't want to make this like I'm just reading to you, so I'm not going to, but I think that it's important for us to kind of read these agreements because I think that our journey throughout this podcast um, deserves some agreements as well. Um, so the first agreement, these are the agreements that I'm promising to work on and uphold. And I hope that you will agree with me. And I also hope that you will add any agreements that you think are important for this book and for this podcast and for this conversation. Um, I hope that you add those. I hope that you add them in the comments of the podcast. I hope that you add them on Instagram to me, however you want to get them to me. If you have other agreements in the Facebook group, anything, um, I would love to hear them. But the first agreement that I have is that we will always put children's safety and well-being first. That's important to me. Children are always first. Children come first. We don't come first. We come very far from first. And I think that that's something that a lot of us need to understand, um, myself included, in a lot of the work that we do. The, the second agreement is we will come with an open mind, ready and willing to learn. That's paramount, right? As adults, we should be constantly learning as adults who work with young children, we should be constantly learning and we should be constantly having an open mind. We will come with kindness and we will show that kindness to others. Now, if you followed me or you know me at all, you know that kindness is a huge part of what I do. Um, and I think that it's very, very important for us to be kind as people. When we are uncomfortable, we will recognize that discomfort and work to move through it for the betterment of the children that we work with. 
a lot that we do in our practice and in our work is going to make us uncomfortable. Outside of even just this idea of gender expression, so many things that we do in our work and in our practice, so many things can make us uncomfortable, right? We need to be okay with that discomfort, which may include some work on ourselves to get there because our life experiences, at least mine, um, being uncomfortable was a thing that was negative and was a thing that would cause you to lash out or would cause you to do things that you wouldn't normally do, right? And so kind of shifting the mindset of it's okay to be uncomfortable, it's important to be uncomfortable, and it means that you're doing good work, recognizing that um, and being able to move through it together. And then finally, we will strive to do all we can to create spaces for children that are safe, supportive, caring, and loving, no matter what. That is the point of what we're doing, right? Is 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 creating these spaces for children that are safe, that are supportive, that are kind, that are loving, that all that are all of these things that we want for children, right? And it's a really important agreement for us to to have. Um, so those are the agreements that I have at the beginning of the book, and I have space in the book for other agreements that the reader might want to add. And again, I encourage you to add your agreements in your own book and let me know what those agreements are. Um, and we can share and we can grow and we can create a list of agreements. We can create this, this agreement that we've all created together. Right. And I think that's really important um, because the work that we're doing, we're doing together. Um, and being able to have those agreements is really, really important because a lot of times when we're getting uncomfortable with ideas, when we're moving outside of our box, when we're thinking differently, those feelings of discomfort come up, we may back away, we may begin to fight back, we may begin to do all these different things, right? But if we've all come to these agreements together, then no matter what's going on, we're always going to be able to take a step back, return to these agreements, remember what they are, remember what they're for, remind ourselves of all those agreements, and then we can return to these conversations, and then we can return to this work um, with kind of that renewed slate of what we're doing it for. And I think that that's really important in all aspects of life, right? When, when we're having discussions with other people, whether that be a spouse, a partner, a friend, a coworker, a family member, a parent, whatever, when we're having conversations with people that may bring up tough things, it's always a really good idea to start with, hey, this conversation might be a little bit uncomfortable. This conversation might bring up some feelings, but I think it's important for us to lay a basis for what our goal is, right? So for me, whenever I was in practice or in working and I wanted to um, change something in the classroom or change something about the program, I would come to wherever I was talking to and I would say, listen, this is what I want to do. And I think that this is a really good conversation to have. But I want us to start this conversation by agreeing that we are here for the betterment of these children and they are coming first. Right. Cool. We agree on that. 
So then when we're talking and when things are coming up and when we're getting upset and when whatever is happening, we can say, hey, this conversation is going a little bit left. Let's take a step back. Let's remind ourselves of our agreement that we started this conversation with, and let's come back into it with that renewed sense of what we're doing it for. So I think that that is um, a really, really important piece of these agreements. Um, And I think it's a really great way to kind of start off the book um, because it's also something that we're building together, right? So before the first chapter, we have one more section where we're talking about um, the attack on drag performers, drag queens, um, drag queen story time, all of these things, right? And I added this piece in because it was actually something that was getting a lot of attention um, around the time that I was writing the book. And so I felt like it was really important to talk about, not only because drag and gender have so many things in common, right? And so many misconceptions about drag performers and those are children playing outside my window that are screaming, just lots of fun happening outside. Um, But there's lots of misconceptions around the two things. And then also my husband is a drag performer um, and it hits home, these things, right? These things that people are saying about drag performers and um, story times and things like that. And so I think that the the connection between that and the work that I'm talking about in this book is, is so clear because the drag performers and the drag queens are, are interacting with these children and they're showing them this amazing, wonderful art form. They're having fun. And they're also showing them that, hey, like, this is what we love to do. And if you love to do this too, there's space for you. There's a safe space for you, right? And it's all rooted in this kindness. It's all rooted in this connection, this community piece, right? And so I think that this kind of ridiculous and disgusting attack that we see on on drag performers and story times and all of these like really horrible things that people are saying about them and their interactions with the children and, and all of that. Um, I think that it's important to recognize that it's important for children to have spaces like this because it's important for children to see not only a, div- a diversity of people in our world and in their own community that's going to help them to be kinder people as they grow up to the people around them in their community, protecting people in their community, this idea of this collective of all of us in it together, right? But also it's just super, super important for children to see themselves reflected in adults, see themselves reflected in other people, right? So queer children who may not understand that or may not understand why they feel the way they feel or why they like the things they like and they may feel out of place, being able to see other people who are kind and successful and happy and joyful doing those things is so important, right? It's the same reason why it's important for children of color to see people of color in power, in media, in things like that. And I saw a clip of Viola Davis, and I am going to butcher whatever this quote is because I have horrible memory. But she talked about how important it is to be able to see yourself in spaces that 
are are around us, right? It's important for children and for people to see yourself in those spaces. It's important for you to see yourself in the spaces that you want to be. It just is. And you know, if I think back to when I was a child and I was going through my kind of journey of who I was and trying to figure it out, there was nothing like that. Nothing at all. At least that I saw. And so it was up to me to kind of figure out what am I? Why why do I feel this way? Who can I look to? What am I supposed to be? What does this mean? All these things. And I didn't see anything. The only things that I saw that had anything to do with queerness were jokes, right? Were um, not great things, right? Um, And so it's important for children because if I had seen things like that, I mean, my journey would be completely different, right? If, 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 people in my generation and older had seen things like that, I might not even need to have written this book, right? Um, And so I think it's really important for us to touch on that fact as we begin, because it's something that's happening right now. It was something that was happening before I wrote the book. It was something that was happening while I was writing the book. And it's something that's still happening now. These drag performers, these queer performers, these artists are being attacked. um, And, and it's not okay. And it takes us standing up and saying, this is important. This is valuable. This is what we want for our children to see. This is what we want for the world to see. More kindness, more joyfulness, more fun. Um, So I think that it was a really important piece to put at the beginning of the book. So we talk a little bit about that too before we dive into the chapters. Um, So that's kind of the beginning of the book. And, um, you know, the agreements is a really important piece. Um, and I think that it was really just, for me, it was important to start the book on a note of this is what we're doing. This is how we're coming to it. You're welcome in this conversation. You're welcome in this book, no matter where you are at in your journey. We're all in this together. We're coming to this with an open mind. We're coming to this with the agreement that we want what is best for children And we're coming to this with an understanding that it might be uncomfortable, but we are willing to do the work to work through those feelings of discomfort so that we can create more supportive spaces for children. Um, So let me know uh, what you think about the beginning, the first few kind of uh, pre-chapters, I guess, of the book. Let me know if you have agreements that you would like to add um, to our shared agreements. Um, I would love, love to hear it. Um, next week, we're going to start um, diving into the very first chapter of the book, which talks about kind of foundational ideas about gender. We'll be talking about that next week. Um, but be sure to give me a follow on Instagram at Honoring Childhood if you don't already. And also be sure to join the Facebook group, Querying the Classroom, all about this book so we can follow along and we can have these really important conversations together. The link for the Facebook group is in the description of this um, podcast. So you can just go ahead and click right on it. It'll take you right to the Facebook group. You can join it. There's no need to be accepted or anything. You'll just join right away. Um, And we can continue this conversation. So thank you so much again for your support and for your encouragement. And I'll talk to you next week. Querying the Classroom is produced and edited by Samuel Broden under the Broden brand. 
Gender Expression and Inclusivity in Early Childhood, A Teacher's Guide to Querying the Classroom, is available now through Rutledge Press and everywhere you get your books.